Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Uh, Good evening, Fred. Uh, New start to the work week coming up and uh, lots of news to talk about here. On top, a report in the Washington Post headlined, Ditch the GPS, it's ruining your brain. It says GPS navigation affects perception and judgment. When people are told which way to turn, it relieves them of the need to create their own routes and remember them. They pay less attention to their surroundings. And neuroscientists can see that brain behavior changes when people rely on turn-by-turn directions. Oh, we're in trouble. Alan, you brought out the first nationwide GPS system uh, more than 20 years ago. I never realized that we would be causing people to go become brain dead because we did it. My goodness, uh, it might be time for me to retire if that's true. And and maybe I've been wondering why um, why I have so so much trouble remembering things these days. It must be because uh, Copilot has always told me where to go, and I did, couldn't exercise my brain. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I guess these are good scientists. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's see, how often do we exercise our brain to uh, figure out which way to turn and so on on a road? Um, I don't think very often anyway, so um, I don't know, uh, whatever. It's an interesting story, and I don't know if there are distinctions between going places where you've never been before and in unfamiliar areas where obviously GPS is really valuable and uh, using it just to get you from here to there, places that you've been to before and that you should know, should remember, et cetera. So I don't know what the details are, but it, it is an interesting report. Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe. <laughs> well, there, there's a story in the Times uh, recently that's also interesting. It was titled, What Truck Drivers Think About Autonomous Trucking. Uh, yes, and I've actually put that as a lead article in in the uh, latest uh, Smart Driving Cars, just because I I thought one it was uh, entertaining and and certainly in its way of, of presenting it, and and the second piece uh, really uh, I think points out the that that um, certainly there are some um, uh, truck drivers that are concerned with this, but. But as we've been talking about repeatedly uh, on um, on these podcasts, uh, to me the real benefit for the trucking industry is to improve the the uh, work environment, the workplace of truck drivers, and uh, and not to replace them. Uh, that in fact uh, this technology um, um, it is really good and it can. Um, keep them uh, safe and provide a backup in case they should, um, you know, um, not necessarily pay attention every second of the way. I mean, that is a very stressful job uh, driving. Uh, uh, this weekend, I just drove back and forth from Princeton to Ohio um, and uh, doing it, um, you know, uh, one way on Saturday, the other way on Sunday. I can't imagine doing that five, six days a week to feed my family. 
and um, and my goodness, the trip is only um, seven hours long. Uh, they're out there ten, and and I'm driving you know, a reasonable vehicle. Not that the trucks aren't reasonable vehicles, but but they are much bigger, and uh, and there's much more riding on them. And uh, my goodness, that's a tough job. So I think the technology focused on really helping them and improving um, that work environment and making um, the occupation of driving a, a, a truck um, a better occupation. So more uh, people will want to do it. So there, there isn't a, a driver shortage. And in fact, um, is then become safer, uh, more productive, and maybe give them another hours of, of, of service uh, on their hours of service so that they can actually uh, be more productive and make more uh, more uh, money for their family and better feed their families. That's where the focus should be. Uh, replacing them, um, um, uh, not so much and maybe not even at all. You know, there, there is always that fear when you talk to a truck driver about this subject that uh, they're worried, hey, is my job going to go away? I, of course they wouldn't like it, so. Um, I, I don't see that happening for a very long time. They're just the, the economics for it just aren't there. Uh, the economics are for improving safety, and and that's what really really improves it. And to do that, uh, you provide um, assistance to the driver uh, to then make it so that in fact um, it, you can remove the driver completely is uh, is to me a, a, a little. Um, um, there, if, if you actually go through the numbers, I don't think there's a, there's a return on investment for it. Electric vehicle sales reached 2.1% of the total market globally in April, with Tesla sales nearly three times higher than its nearest competitor. Kind of an interesting report. Good news, bad news in some of these latest stats, I guess, for Tesla. Yes, I think the the bad news is, of course, um, especially in Europe, um, the Model Three didn't sell as as many in in April as they did in March. Why? Because uh, March sales really represented uh, a stockpiling of orders uh, because they they were the first deliveries, and so I think you know the numbers in March were something like fifteen thousand, and the numbers in April were uh, were approaching four thousand. Uh, so that's an enormous drop uh, from March uh, to April. But uh, given that, um, in fact, uh, uh, that March number was really a stockpile of of sales that had come from from the beginning up to that point because of the first deliveries, the uh, the four thousand number or approaching four thousand is is not bad. It's still good. And that's, some people might say, well, that's still a holdover of some of the deliveries they couldn't make in March. That's possible. I think uh, what we should do is really take a look at what the May numbers uh, look like. And um, and if, in fact, uh, they go up from over 4,000, I think that's a, that's a really good sign for them. And then if you look at uh, how well they do compared to everybody else, my goodness, uh, uh, that is really impressive. Uh, so, uh, here you have all the big names out there trying to put out their own vehicles with their, their superb uh, marketing and, 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 uh, uh, global reach. Uh, but, um, yet, uh, here's Tesla, I guess, um, Elon, um, Elon's still a pretty good salesman. 
And the sales are nearly three times higher than their nearest competitor in EVs. That's that that's to me that's impressive. Absolutely. Lyft's self-driving car service in Las Vegas has now passed 50,000 rides. More than 90% of riders reported feeling safe. You know, you can rate these on the app if people aren't familiar with Lyft. And the average rating is nearly five stars. Of course, the caveat is that there are still attendants on board, of course. There are attendants on board, and what's not reported is the, the number of, uh, of times those attendants uh, basically um, came in and, uh, and disengaged the system and, and took over manual operation. Uh, this is being done in, in Nevada that doesn't have the same requirements as, as the state of California, which requires um, the, uh, the reporting of disengagements. Um, you know, having uh, people ride around at uh, times with uh, with the thing with the vehicles and uh, uh, driving themselves is fine. I mean, if your friend has a Tesla or you have a Tesla, you experience that yourself. Uh, so that's in some sense not that big of a deal, unless uh, those rides have been from origin to destination without. Uh, uh, disengagement or without the driver uh, actually uh, doing any of the driving functions. Um, so um, uh, I think we need a little bit more information on those um, on those uh, rides uh, to really uh, say, hey, this is uh, they're really making progress or uh, uh, they could have been doing it in, in a Model 3. And uh, of course, you obviously would encourage uh, Las Vegas or, or the state of Nevada to to require that kind of reporting, as we see in California. Well, you know, I I, I don't like the requ- I don't like any requirements. I think uh, well, encourage then. <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, if we want to become like China, sure, require everything. I don't know, uh, but um, but it it would be it would be nice if they reported it, and that would objectively allow an evaluation as to how well they're really doing. Um, of course, they're out there trying to make us all perceive that everything is great. And, I, and I'm, I'm more than willing to perceive that it's great. Um, I would just like to have a little bit more substance uh, go along with that perception. Autonomous vehicle startup Getic AI came out of stealth mode this past week with $4.5 million in funding and Walmart as a customer. Uh, the company is based in Toronto and Palo Alto and aims to use light trucks and vans equipped with its self-driving technology to deliver goods between businesses. Interesting uh, company. I think, uh, again, uh, that's a very good market, um, uh, the uh, delivery of goods. <clears throat> again, as we've talked about many times here, I think the way to deliver goods uh, between uh, anyone, whether it be B to B or B to C, or business to consumer or business to business, is to do it in the wee hours of the morning when the roads and our local streets are basically unused, between 1 a.m. and 5 a.m. type of thing. Uh, that's when you, I think, have a great opportunity to do it, and um, and and uh, not taking a, taking as much risk as you're doing uh, by doing it during the day. 
But if these things are out there with attendance on in them, uh, then uh, and uh, the, that's basically the way. Uh, goods have been delivered to our homes um, for the past uh, however number of years. So uh, just um, because it has some technology on board that can drive some of the time that does some things. Uh, what one has to do with these systems is get over the hump where it can go absolutely from the uh, distribution center to the other customer or to my doorstep and deliver the goods uh, without anyone in the vehicle. Uh, that's where the benefit comes in. That's where the value proposition comes in. And until you um, get over that threshold of being able to do that, um, um, you're really not doing anything. And according to a Bloomberg report, Apple may be looking to acquire another autonomous driving startup, Drive AI, based in Silicon Valley. Now, the company is a few years old, started by a group of, of grads from Stanford's AI lab. And the report says the goal of the acquisition is to gain the talent from, from Drive AI. Again, this, uh, this info comes from Bloomberg, not much uh, confirmed elsewhere. Again, uh, as has been reported in the press in the past, um, Apple is out there trying to do this. Uh, uh, they've uh, they've also had some announcements of um, of basically um, doing some house cleaning of of people that they had uh, in their program uh, to do um, uh, driverless vehicles, uh, going out and acquiring talent um, or a company to basically um, get the talent. Uh, and maybe a few patents and a few uh, ways to uh, in innovative ways to do things is of course a, 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 a way to do um, and and to progress. And again, um, uh, I guess it would be nice to have Apple in there because as we're seeing, um, uh, to do this uh, requires <clears throat> requires a substantial investment. And um, uh, I guess um, as we've all known to get close is relatively easy to actually do it uh, is extremely difficult. And it takes deep pockets. So you've got companies like uh, Apple sounds like, and, and of course, Google with, with Waymo. And GM with Cruise um, and SoftBank with everybody else and, (laughs) uh, you know, and, and so on. And, and Aptiv with Lyft is, is, you know, that has some pockets. And then you look over in China at what the efforts are over there. And then, you know, still Daimler's in the business of doing these things Uh, and Toyota, well, not many announcements lately. I mean, there are, there are, deep pockets um, involved in this. And, and we've heard very little from Amazon. Amazon has to be playing in this someplace and um, and with maybe an infinitely deep pocket. Yes, we will see. Forbes has a report headlined. Uh, there's a driver's ed course for those who test self-driving cars on public roads. And it says UK-based cat driver training has won accreditation for a four-day course aimed at teaching engineers and others involved in testing autonomous vehicles how to do so more safely. I, 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 uh, kudos to them. Uh, 
uh, the people that, who are basically hired to, to provide the oversight on these systems um, uh, should be trained. Um, uh, they're professionals. Um, they're doing a very serious job um, and uh, sitting there monitoring computers as well as monitoring what's going on uh, out um, in the environment and ready to take over and save the day uh, in case something happens, uh, probably takes a, a four-day course. Um, with that, um, you know, as, as we've known, one of the problems with, uh, with self-driving as compared to driverless, uh, if you're going to make a system uh, that is basically designed such that um, if the system uh, begins to fail, the driver is supposed to intervene and save the day, it seems as if uh, if it takes a four-day course uh, to train drivers to be able to do that, then, then everyone who is driving one of these uh, self-driving uh, cars or has one should be taking such a course. And maybe um, the implication is that everyone who buys a, a Tesla, <clears throat> which is really a self-driving car, um, or at least uh, the way it's been promoted with autopilot, uh, that in fact, in each, each of those uh, persons buying uh, one of those vehicles should be taking uh, one of these four-day courses because that's really what they're doing. Uh, if you turn that system on and the car starts driving, uh, but uh, you're uh, required to be there monitoring what's going on and ready to take over in case uh, things start going awry, um, <clears throat> um, maybe you should be taking that course. Interesting. Maybe uh, get uh, Tesla involved with this, uh, this outfit, or they can develop their own, I suppose, for their drivers. Um, maybe they should, yes. And from the half-baked section of the Smart Driving Car Newsletter, a Mashable report headlined, this is what it's like to control an autonomous car from miles away. Um, yeah, and and uh, right, uh, <laughs> I, I think that's that's just the wrong approach. I think it's a totally wrong approach. If 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 a human is required to be providing such uh, oversight and and required to take over, uh, they should be in the vehicle. It seems enormously challenging to be able to. Uh, to do such a job or remotely, uh, the kind of, uh, of uh, views that one would have to provide and the kind of attention and, and, and so on um, uh, just doesn't seem to be um, uh, practical to do that way. Now, certainly, uh, one should have centers in which um, there are people there able to um, uh, move a, a driverless vehicle, uh, let's say from um, uh, where it became disabled in the center of a roadway uh, over to a a berm or over to the side of the road or to in case of a situation in which there's a there's a total jam and um, the car needs to be moved to get it out of the way or to really negotiate a very difficult situation at, uh, you know, under 10 miles an hour or something like that. Uh, sure. Uh, but to think, uh, you know, drive, I'm driving down the 
the Pennsylvania Turnpike at 80 miles an hour, 79, I guess, speed limit 70, and thinking that uh, the, somebody in a remote uh, operating center is going to then take over because uh, uh, somebody starts swerving at you from, from the side and somehow the system uh, can't doesn't respond and, and the remote operator is somehow going to grab the wheel and take over his, uh, I don't know, Looney Tunes. That's why it's in the half-back section, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe or maybe, hey, I guess they might not know. Then under your section called, come on, man, from Seeking Alpha, the headline there is, forget driverless cars, it's flying cars that are about to disrupt the trillion-dollar transportation industry. Uh, come <laughs> on, man. I mean, sure, I don't know. I, uh, I It's back to the Jetsons. Uh uh, maybe one or two, or maybe a, a thousand of them uh, nationwide, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, Bell sells how many uh, Bell helicopters or Sikorsky? I mean, you know, sure. Uh, but to uh, to think that it's going to be in in any sense for other than the point oh oh one percenters of this world, um, I don't know. And I'm not interested in doing anything for the 0.001%ers of this world anyway. So, come on, man. Exactly. And that's it for this edition. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com. Also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. Wherever you get your podcasts. And you can ask your smart speaker to play us. You can find my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Fred. And thank you, audience.